listeners, welcome back to another episode of A Dicey Experience. My name is Jason Sketch. I am your DM for this Tale of the Fates. With me are three other awesome players at this table. First and foremost, we have Crew, also known as Bull, played by our friend Stolen. Stolen, can you tell us a little bit about, about Crew? Hello, everybody. I am Stolen. I am playing Lieutenant Crew, your warlock tortle. Next to him is the enchanting Lucas. Everybody, this is Meerkat playing Lucas, the human cleric. And last and certainly least is John Lafayette. Hello, I'm Colonel Jean Lafayette, and I play the Herringon Swashbuckler Rogue. Colonel? Where did that come from? <laughs> well, Bull said he was a lieutenant. I couldn't let him one up me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great way to start this episode. Oh, man. Well, we're excited to have you guys back for episode 11 of A Dicey Experience here. We're pretty stoked and excited, and we'd love to hear y'all's feedback. Don't be forget to tweet us on Twitter and let us know what your thoughts are. But uh, before we do that, of course, check out this episode because it's going to be super duper awesome and lots of fun. So our crew has ventured into an island called Fetter Call. And on this island, they began to travel down a path, dealt with some goblins, got half of a map, realized they need the other half of the map, and it must be on the other side of the island. So they ventured through that side of the island that is full of rock junipers and green kobolds and strange and fantastic creatures the captain kind of gives a small bit of information about um, his past here on this island and they begin to venture on down to the great tree and they've arrived at this great tree there's a large poison moat on the outside with a dead dragon sitting in this moat and a noticeably hatched egg and the party decides that they're going to venture forward into the great tree anything we we uh, want to do before you guys jump on or jump into the tree. Captain, are you sure we want to go this way? Didn't the kobolds run around the back of the tree? Would there be another entrance? Uh, possibly, but that's a large um, rock face there for us to try to climb up. But I'd love to see you try. It's about a 40-foot rock face, and um, the ledge is about 40 feet high. The rock itself is that chalky rock, so climbing it is not very easy to climb. Uh, no, I just... just spitballing throwing out ideas i say we cross the skull and just keep our eyes out for whatever has possibly hatched out of those eggs fair enough let's cross this uh this giant skull then well after you nadar you are captain after all Rue is gonna do it very gingerly the captain does it i just walked across no problem happy as can be and this skull is above a river of poisonous lava or something <laughs> um same kind of concept so you think you know like you have a large <laughs> so moats are generally full of water right it's like a liquid poison that is kind of made this moat instead so a large amount of liquidish poison it's purple and it bubbles lucas would you happen to have a bottle or something where we could take some of that poison you want to get closer to that I think whenever you come across a moat of just free poison, you've got to bottle up as much of it as you can when you can. And if uh, some of it were to happen to fall into the captain's stew, maybe over dinner? What? Stew? Uh, yes, we're we're having stew for dinner tonight. Dragon stew. Oh, it's... You know, once we've made it back with our map and all the booty. It's uh, not time to talk about that, but uh, you don't know. You don't want to eat dragon. That's a bad idea. Why not? Consuming dragon can do some strange things to your body. 
Do you speak from experience, Captain? No, but I've heard tale of people being changed by eating dragon meat. Insight check. Teaching it to their body. Okay. I, I'm writing furiously in my notebook these dragon meat tips that I'm getting. <laughs> uh, nine. He seems genuine. Doesn't look like he's trying to lie to you. Does this affect just humanoids, or...? This is everyone. Usually, usually humanoids. I mean, I, as a dragonborn, have not tried to consume other meats, but other humanoids... Mm. Or uh, dragon meat, excuse me. But other humanoids, I've, I've heard tale of them consuming dragon meat, and it poisons their body and changes them and transforms them. And Interesting. It's a pretty big ordeal. Lucas, I think we may need to keep some of this dragon meat if we come across any... <laughs> and Captain, what do they change into? What do they change into? Yes, what do they change into? Well, I've, I've got a tome here. They are known as... Uh, they become dragon flesh grafters. And if they consume enough or graft enough to their body, they become abominations. Awful, awful. You haven't encountered something like this before? No, I've never seen one myself. I'm sure it'd be fascinating to see one, but... um. No, I've never experienced... I had the pleasure to experience such a travesty in a, a humanoid life. Is there some way to undo this effect? A healing prayer, a spell incantation of some sort that might undo the curse? I'm sure we can ask a cleric, if that's a possibility. Ventured to attempt or try to... Uh, I've never I've never asked that question. I've just avoided the, the thing altogether. I see. It's a great question. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Is it maybe why the kobolds are green? No. Their master was a green dragon. And typically, I guess kobolds are racist that way. They follow the same color of the, the dragon that they are serving. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. They just follow their the skin color. I mean, when we fought red dragons, red kobolds were there. When I fought blue dragons, blue kobolds were there. So when we came here, we saw green kobolds. We were like, ah, must be a green dragon. And seeing this poisonous moat, I would assumed that it was a green dragon. Because of the purple poison. <laughs> yes. Because of the purple poison and dragon green dragons tend to be poison based dragons, so mm, okay. that would just make me assume. You know, with them comes like whispers in the woods, caustic air like we're breathing right now. Come on, Lucas, didn't you know that if all green dragons spew out purple poison this is common knowledge in, in our realm i'm sorry i didn't i didn't know this I, I i obviously need to learn more maybe get your head out of that cookbook every once in a while <laughs> i'm learning so many things on this trip that's yeah, day five for you you can drag congratulations you know you're learning some great stuff thank you captain puts his hand on your shoulder and he looks you right in the eye and he says lucas i'm i'm proud of you you're more of a son to me than than john <laughs> okay. <laughs> a little weird. I'm like visibly uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I just imagine the whole Voldemort hugging Draco scene. <laughs> <laughs> just like get stiff and I'm just like leaning away from him. <laughs> what can I say? You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh. Any other... Go ahead. No, nothing. I don't know, it's fine. I'm, I'm happy to hear what you got for me. <laughs> no, I was say, well, after that awkward moment. 
It's right after that awkward moment. The captain begins to go inside, following Bull into the uh, large tree. You guys do that as well? Did y'all still want to stop and try to get some poison from the, the moat below? No, John's definitely going to come back for something later, but he doesn't have anything right now to, like, hold the poison or get it out. There's a small cauldron attached to your captain's hip. Yeah, I really don't feel like uh, walking through a dungeon. Oh, okay. With the uh, poison <laughs> and trying to keep all of that intact okay. while uh, fighting kobolds or dragons or whatever. <laughs> See, you have a chest back on the boat. I foresee it burning through wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, you're watching, you're looking at it, and it's not necessarily eating away at the tree. Something special about this tree that it's not eating away at it. Now, it is eating away at the, uh, slowly eating away at the, um, the chalky rock you've been walking on. But the tree seems to be completely fine. As you're going in, there is a root that's going into that poison. It seems to be feeding off of it. But the tree looks like it's thriving, it's not dying. If you're going to collect some, Jean, let's leave the cauldron here and not take it with us into the cave. Or the tree. Yes, absolutely. We will uh, collect it on the way out after we have... This is not going in anywhere near the kitchen. Oh, no, absolutely not. I I imagine the uh, captain would keep it in his quarters. uh, You know, keep it safe in there. What? I don't need that in my... (sighs) Well, you are the most responsible of all of us. Hey, hey, I'm responsible. I am responsible. You're right. I am the most responsible. Very good. It, it can live in my room. Yes, good. Good. Very, very good thinking there, um, John. Just make sure you don't accidentally mistake it for your bath. Right. He scratches the back of his head. Bath. The other purple liquid in your room. <laughs> right. The the other purple liquid in my... Um, let's continue forward. I don't... <laughs> So, does this tree look different than the rest of the trees in the forest? Aside from the fact that it seems to be twice as big and four times as wide, um, not really. I mean, you're looking at most of the trees average between 20 to 30 feet high. Mm -hmm. This one, like I mentioned, is like 60 feet high. But it it doesn't look like it's getting, like, a purple tint to it because of the poison it's sucking up or anything. No, uh, it doesn't doesn't appear like that at all. You You can see, like, burn marks... From not burn marks on the tree, but burn marks on the rock face behind it, like it's kind of been pushing into that rock face a little bit. But it does not look like it's it itself is taking any damage. So there might be some poison seeping out from like sap into into the wall there to cut into it like that. Okay. Keep in mind it's it's not like acid though. So like a black dragon's acid would be kind of a greenish tint to it and and would make more of that sound, you know. This poison is not making the sound. It's just a liquid poison. Why is the black dragon's acid yellow and not black? It could be green. It can be yellow. It could be violet sky. (laughs) (laughs) It can be purple. It can be hurtful. It can be anything you like. I just don't understand. I mean, if you want a different color than purple for this for this poison, I'd be glad to do that for you guys. We can do a, a neon pink poison that's out there. It's just a green dragon we're supposed to magically know is somehow going to spew out purple acid. 
I mean, and the black dragon is spewing out <laughs> yellow acid, and it's just magic world out here where different colored dragons do wrong colors. Uh, how are we changing colors? Most... Are we putting like food coloring in it or something? <laughs> Whatever you want, man. Yeah, the dog pulls out a food coloring set. Here, we can change the color of the poison. Why don't you try it out, crew? We hand you a small bottle, and you can start putting drops of that food coloring into the, the poison liquid down there if you want to. <laughs> Drown your rabbit and see how poisonous it is. It just would make a lot more sense if, you know, green did green poison and black did black acid because, you know, red is out here doing fire and blue is out here doing ice that's okay. blue. I will go up to the skull. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and gingerly look over the side and slowly make my way over. Yeah, no problem. The, the skull still seems very sturdy. It doesn't seem to creak or sway or anything like that. It kind of looks like the kobolds had fastened some ropes to it to f- make it function like a, a drawbridge. But it looks like it is definitely down. It's not up. Whatever mechanics I have on the other side may or may not be working for this. Or your, or the kobolds forgot to pull it up. Or lots of different things could have happened. So, yeah. Uh, you make your way inside. And it kind of becomes a tunnel into this trunk. And you see a light towards the end. But as you're passing along, along the walls of this trunk, there are four beasts that kind of appear on the wall to your right. At the front, at the bottom of this image is a large squid-like creature. It's kind of got four different tentacles sticking out. Kind of seems this Im- that part of the image is a little bit faded. To the right is an image of a large Tyrannosaurus Rex-looking creature. And it seems to be facing to the right. This creature on the left side of the image looks like a large purple snake with wings attached to its back. And it seems to be facing the opposite direction from the three-horned creature. And then at the very top, still kind of standing behind the other three creatures, but the very top of the image is a five-headed multicolored dragon. The captain grabs um, Jean by the shoulder and points at that and says, um, Jean, what, what do you make of this? Hmm. Well. And when you say well, the image begins to change and it kind of wibble wobbles a little bit. Not the image, but the image that the viewers are seeing of of Jean. The camera zooms into Jean's face and it begins to wibble wobble a little bit. And as we've zoomed in, we get a younger image of Jean. Hi everybody, this is Meerkat, part of a dicey experience. I play the role of Lucas Fenwir, a human cleric. If you like our show, leave us a review. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, we really appreciate it. Did you know that our DM is also streaming on Twitch? Go check him out under Jason Sketch. We all really appreciate your support and we really enjoy making this content. So please leave us any comments about how we can improve or what you would like to see more of. So let's get back to the episode and see where John's memory takes us. We have now made it to a backstory. Hey, huzzah! John, my friend. Yes. You are standing in front of a small stone tablet with this same image on it. 
Um, there's some words written below it, but again, as we discussed in the last episode, you can't read. Lies. You are in the middle of a, kind of a large office area, and there's some chairs with some different, you know, fancy vases and other things. The stone tablet seems to catch your attention for whatever reason at the time. Sale Lafayette. You've been sent here by Sale Lafayette to collect the payment from the mayor of this town. The name of this town is called Cabarin. That's K-A-B-E-R-I-N. It's on the coast of the continent of Evandra. You guys have kind of been sailing along that continent, and you tend to collect protection payments from other pirates that have been venturing on this coastland from the mayors. So you're protecting the mayors and the town's people from these other pirates that have been coming through. But you've been sent. The mayor's been late on his payment. So you're now being sent with two other wonderful pirates to collect the payment from the mayor of this town who's known as Assemblar Yesafer. That's S-A-M-B-L-A-R-Y-E-S-F-I-R. A sea elf, so he usually swims out with the cash, um, the gold, no problem. Tends to be well-dressed when you see him. Has a couple of fins kind of on the side that have kind of three points on them on both sides of his neck. Has the same blue pointy ears that you would see on a sea elf. His toes are webbed, but his hands are free. He's bluish in color in general. A good, deep blue. So when he's in the ocean, he blends in with that color. But you do see a couple of green tint kind of veins that kind of come off his body. So where his blood veins would be, you'd see kind of a greenish tint as they stick out. But you are in his waiting room and you're looking at the stone tablet. The two other pirates that are with you, and I'll assign these two other pirates with you. One is a gnoll named Fleeska. He has got a fresh scar in his left eye. You gave that to him, though I'm not sure why. He's got gray fur. He seems to be a little bit older, but his fur is a little gray. He's got some black stripes along his back, about three or four to be exact. His claws are a dark black color. He's got a long neck and a, um, you know, he's shirtless. But he's got some bright red trousers that stand out from the rest of his body. He's barefoot. And um, why don't you play him, Stolen? Okay. With you as well, part of part of your captain's crew is Akua Toa. It's a fish-like person. His name is Merp. He's got bright pink scales that glisten in the sunlight. He's got some sickly yellow eyes with deep black sea pupils. And a fish head with the gills coming out of his neck. He's got a humanoid body, though, but both his hands and his feet are webbed. He's got no teeth. Pink, a large maroon fin comes from the top of his head. And it goes all the way down between his shoulder blades. He's dressed in some leathers, like kind of a pants and then like a, a vest, though it's kind of torn where the the fin is. You're not really sure he's all there. You've never seen him blink. All you've really seen him do is blow bubbles out of his mouth. <laughs> uh, Lucas, how do you feel about playing Merp? Sounds good to me. All right. You're in this room. There's plenty of places to sit. What do you do while you wait for the mayor to come meet with you? So you said uh, I was looking at this stone tablet. So where is that? So it is behind a glass case. Mm, not for long. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So looking at this, does it look like it was like made on a piece of brick, like a standalone piece of art? Or was it like part of a cave wall or like, you know, architecture or something that's been removed from that? What's What's that look like? It looks like... It's been removed from like a cave wall or something. Okay. It's kind of on a pedestal, and then of course behind a black case. Uh, sorry, a glass case. 
Okay, so I'm going to take it out of its case and uh, just walk around the room and see if I notice anything else that looks kind of uh, expensive. Yeah, there's there's a couple of... Nothing nothing as fancy, but there's some elegant vases that are around the room. There's a couple of, of jewels that are kind of behind glass cases as well. Okay, so John's just going to take the tablet out of the case. You, you guys are seeing John pick up the stone tablet. So, uh... John's going to sit down at uh, Samblar's desk, you know, at, uh, on Samblar's side of the desk and prop his feet up and basically just look over the the, the stone tablet, kind of turn it over and inspect it pretty pretty thoroughly while he's waiting. What, uh, what do you have there? It seems to be a tablet with a motif of several creatures of some sort. There's a, I think maybe a dragon and some sort of sea creature. And John's gonna hand the tablet over to Fleeska so he can have a look at it for himself. You know I can't read this. Well, but what do you think of the, the picture? They're pretty, but I can't read. To can you translate it? Translate? It's it's just a picture. There's there's no words. Have you not seen pictures before? Do you not understand how they work? I just, I've I've seen pictures. Yeah, but uh, you just looked very intently at it, like you had meaning. Well, everything has meaning. You just have to look in the right spot. And this is being so prominently displayed behind a glass case. It has meaning to Samblar. That's for sure. Well, should we uh? Should we take it as payment? Or part of the payment? You have read my mind, Flea. We'll see what Samblar has to offer when he arrives, what excuse he gives for being behind on his payments. If he doesn't give sufficient answer, we may take this tablet, as well as some of the other wares that are scattered around this room to help get our point across. Unlike the vases and jewelry, however, this tablet holds no monetary value. It's something Samblar holds dear, and it will cause him great distress to lose. So it will make the perfect leverage if we need to use leverage. Did, uh, should Murpaddle hang on to it? John will simply reach out for the tablet and say, uh, I'd like to inspect it a bit more before Samblar arrives, just to see what I might glean from this piece of stone. Lee just hands it back over. Merp, what are you doing, man? I am staring at a picture on the wall with my eyes wide open and just blowing bubbles. It's a fascinating painting. This, uh, it's just an underwater scene with kind of fish swimming around some coral reef but um, as you're looking at this painting the the fish are swimming in the painting and kind of moving around the reef but it's definitely paint merp likes this picture i imagine a water dweller like you would merp why did you choose to leave the sea anyway merp is on a boat all time well yes but wouldn't you be more comfortable actually in the water I suppose. Maybe you can take us to your home one day. You should sometime. Merp likes water. Merp take you sometime. Well, we will have to work out the whole breathing underwater thing first, though. <laughs> I just go back to staring at the painting. 
<laughs> Why do we have to bring him along? He's so weird. I'm sure in some parts of this world you would look quite weird. Besides, Smurp looks just fine. I'm sure he's uh, handsome for his kind. I never said anything about his looks. I just said he's weird. Smurp can hear you. Uh, yeah, you're you're awesome, Merp. Yeah, Merp likes please go. Thanks, Merp. Aww. When is this mayor getting here? Right when you say that, a uh, the mayor walks in from a back door from behind the desk. Oh, I'm I'm so terribly sorry for for being late. I I'm sorry to keep you waiting. He's well dressed. He's got like a nice business suit on. A little pencil mustache kind of goes across his his face there. First elves you've really seen with with facial hair, but nonetheless, it's there. And his, you know, his clammy hands are there kind of holding a birdcage. And inside the birdcage is a silver fairy dragon. He sits it on the desk. I'm, I'm terribly sorry there, um, Master Jean, but you are in my spot. So Jean's going to just leave his feet propped up on the table and motion over to the other side of the desk with his uh, flintlock for Samblar to have a seat and... Uh, he'll say, Semblar, my friend, it's so good to see you. I hear that we've had a little issue with our payment this month. Something about the protection payment being a little late. So our friend uh, Saleh sent me out to check on you. Oh, yes, yes, it has. I, I'm terribly sorry about that. He he sits, kind of slowly sits down, kind of keeping a, a small eye on, on Fleece next to him. Visibly a little nervous. Um, but his hand sits uh, calmly in his lap. I um, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. It's it's just been a lot of work trying to get the gold from from the townspeople. You know that the taxing time, taxing season, took a toll on them, with the king taxing from from the north as well. Samblar, Samblar, we both know the king doesn't protect this land. We do. Oh yes, that's that is also true. That is also true. And the fine people of this city have much to offer. I look around this office alone and see such opulence. Surely a few gold pieces can't be too hard to round up. Yes, you're absolutely right. If you give me just a moment, I'll be glad to get that gold for you. Samblar, you haven't brought the payment with you? It seems as though we may have a bit of a problem in management around here. Ma ma management? Probably no, none, none at all. I, I've, I've, I've collected the gold. It's just taking me a minute to come back out and see you. That is all. Um, if, if you just give me just a moment, I'll be glad to take it, grab, grab it for you, and, and, and bring it right away. Samblar, I'm here on business. Samblar, we've waited weeks already for this payment, and now you're asking me to wait even longer. It's just not a good look, Samblar. I assumed you wanted to sit and have some tea and, and discuss. I, I didn't imagine... Samblar. It would be... Samblar, I'm here for my gold. It's just... Oh, oh. No more stammering, Samblar. I want my gold. Of course, of course. So why don't you go and retrieve it for me, then? Yes, yes, of, of course. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I'm, give, give, give me just, 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 just a moment. I'll, I'll go grab that gold. He'll stand up and he'll... Start turn around from the. Up is he not going out the same way he came in? No, it looks like he's getting ready to go towards where you guys came in. Okay, John will pull his flintlock out and point it at Semblar lazily and say, "Semblar, where exactly are we headed off to now?" 
I, I went to go grab the, the, the gold you asked for. Well, you seem to be heading in the wrong direction. How much do you owe us anyway? Um, on average, we usually pay 200 gold a month. So, so, so 200, I would imagine. And how late are we on our payment now? Just, 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 just a couple of days. That's all. Two days. So much can happen in two days, Samblar. The pirates around these waters get so terribly anxious when they haven't been paid in a timely manner. There's no telling what ship may lay siege to this beautiful town in that time. You're right, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Please. It would be an absolute shame if anything were to happen to the fine people here. You're right, you're right. I'm... I'm... Here, what, what if I gave you... That, that dragon right there. It seems to like you, and you do notice that it seems very intent on getting closer to you. And in fact, for some odd reason, you feel like you have a, a connection to it. John eyes the dragon suspiciously and waves his hand at the dragon. Uh, he puts his flintlock away and gives Samblar kind of a smirking smile to ease the tension. We can talk about recuperation for the last two days in a minute. Uh, what I would like to know, however, is this most curious tablet. Tell me, what does it mean to you? Oh, oh, the... the you you want to hear about the, the, the legend of the, 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 the titans? Yes, tell me, tell me more about these titans. What, what, what would you like to know? There's, there's many, many a titans. Well, tell me about this one here, the the dragon-looking creature. Oh, ah, uh, some say that. Well, that's 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 Tiamat, the the daughter of Bahamut, um, the dragon there, and uh, and she made the other three. The they were birthed and, and were her children, along with, of course, all the chromatic dragons. <laughs> um, Semblar. They they tell. <laughs> we're just friends having a conversation, Semblar. Oh yes, yes, <clears throat> yes. I'm sorry. Yes, of course, of course. Um, well, th that one, that one right there. Th and he points to the purple snake. That one was, ooh, it was a, it was a, it was a tricky one. It was, <clears throat> well, it was a. Uh... It's okay, Samblar. Spit <laughs> yeah. it out. Yes, yes. It was an air elemental, and it it terrorized the, the sky, and oh, and 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 is now trapped in in the plane of air. It is uh, known as. With Arya. And that right there, that is that is the Tarask. It's in the it's in the plane of Earth and Oh, it's uh legend has it that a group of adventurers may have taken care of it a couple years ago. But uh, it's only stories, I, I don't know. It's it's all stories from from Shakana over there. Uh, but no one can really trust that continent. There's Tiamat, she's she's trapped in the nether and, and the kraken of course which is, is trapped in the plane of water um, many many pirates and many many sailors fear fear the kraken it's it's the breaker of the sea Merp, have you heard of this kraken I just my whole body just turns <laughs> silently and just uh, staring at you <laughs> uh, have I heard of this kraken Yes, uh, you have, and there there is a, a large legend that the Kraken plans to return, and it plans to split the sea into two. Um, open it up completely and just drain the, the world of water to create a kingdom for itself. 
Merp has. Zhang will just point to the tablet and show it to Merp and say, Is this an accurate representation of the Kraken? It's very small. A actual Kraken much bigger. I see. <laughs> Thank you, Merp. Where did you obtain this tablet? Was it part of an old ruin, or how did you come by this? Oh, well, there's, there's a sea cave close by. And I ventured into the sea cave, uh, traveling with a couple of other explorers, trying to, to get more jewels and gold for, for your wonderful efforts. And, um, and well, we, we found it carved into the wall there, so we, we, we took it. I thought it was a, a nice, nice artwork. Samblar, I, I thought your payments were late because of double taxation. Now you're telling me... Oh, yes. It, uh, about gold from exploration? It, well, yes, the, the, the gold comes from taxes, but the jewels, the jewels we send on occasion, those those come from exploring. The townsfolk, they, they can't, they don't have jewels. I see. That will be all, Samblar. Why don't you run along now and collect our payment? And John kind of waves him out of the office. Oh, yes, of course. Thank you. He, he bows a little bit and it's a small treat to the silver dragon. Dragon fairy? Fairy dragon? Silver fairy dragon? And, and wanders off to... And disappears down the hallway for a moment. John picks up the uh, fairy dragon, the, the cage with the fairy dragon in it, and looks it over. Flea, Merp, what do you guys make of this? Do we know what the creature is? Yes, it's a, it's a fairy dragon, but it's silver, so it's similar to the one that Bowl has back at the ship. Oh, sorry. Do our characters know what it is? Oh, um... I would assume Jean might, but y'all can all make animal handling checks. Or nature checks. I, I guess the, the rarity or the price of it could be more than what we're asking for in gold, I guess. Uh, that's a great question. Um, I got a natural one, so it doesn't matter. 17 for me, actually. Yeah, you would know that the value is pretty high. You've you've seen a lot of fairy dragons sold in the market. Um, they seem to be pretty typical pets that are sold with cats and dogs and other things. But this is the first time you've seen one that's a silver color. Usually they're the chromatic colors, which is red, blue, green, black, and white. But uh, the metallic colors like this... This is the first time you've ever seen one of a metallic. Do I know if, if are they magical or are they just basically kept as pets? Like, is there any value outside of it being a pet? They're basically kept as pets. It shoots little fires and stuff. They're relatively smart, easy to train. But outside of it being a pet, not really. It could fetch some money, but that's another mouth to feed until we sell it. This thing will not be coming aboard our vessel. And John tosses it between his hands for a moment while he's thinking, and then hands it over to Merp. Merp, run your spear through this thing. You want Merp to kill it? Yes, I do. I slowly put it on the ground, and then get my spear out and hit it with my spear through the cage. Okay, yeah. Make an attack roll. 30-20. 30-20, as the spear's going down... Jean, for a brief second, you, f you hear a voice in your head that screams, No! And then the spear goes through it. And for a moment, your heart just just crushed and it hurts. Whose heart? Yours, Jean. Yours. Jean grabs his chest for a second and lets out a quiet growl. Ah, 
blasted stew. Acid reflux always gets me. Uh, Jean just sits back down and uh, waits for Semblar. After a minute, he, he returns and he... I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I it just took a moment and he has a large bag of gold. There's, there's 50 extra pieces in there for, 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 for a late fee. Um, Semblar, we'll discuss the late fee momentarily. What happened to... to Glimmer? Did you, did you already take him back to the boat? Glimmer is dead, Samblar. Consider it a warning of what may happen to this town if we aren't paid. There are many troubles out on the ocean for a town such as yours, and we keep them at bay, Samblar. <laughs> My men grow restless when they aren't paid, and that becomes a problem for me, Samblar. I, I don't... Don't, don't understand. Let me make it plain for you. I can either protect you from the pirates, or you'll be dealing with them and my men looking to get their due. Of course, yes, 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 of course. Of course. Samblar, you have a wonderful town here. I don't want to see it fall into ruin. I want to see it prosper. If you succeed, then so do we, and we can keep you safe. But if you continue to be late... Yes, yes, of course. Yes, you're right. Yes, I, I won't be late again. No, you won't, Samblar, because you love your people, and they love our protection. We have a symbiotic relationship, you and I. We don't mind doing your dirty work, but we must be paid, Samblar. Yes. Good. I'm glad you, we can come to an understanding. You're, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. It won't happen again. Why so glum, Samblar? <laughs> he, he smiles. We're all friends here. Yes, yes, of course. He stands straight up and he, he puts a, as big of a smile as he can on his face. Um, though you can see tears still trying to well up behind those. Samblar, you're a good servant, Samblar. I am, yes, of course. Yes, yes, we are. The whole town is. We're, we're here to serve you. Yes. Samblar, I've appreciated your honesty and commitment to your people here today. I know things have been hard, oh? so we're only going to take the 200 you owe us. Nothing more. Oh, thank you. Yes, that's, that's quite sweet of you and very, very kind. Please please tell Captain Sael we appreciate it. Of course, you're my friend, Semblar. I want to take care of you and your people. If times are hard, then times are hard. There's no need to make things worse on a town during the times of trouble. Yes, that is absolutely right. I can see you have a bright mind, Semblar. You're going to go far here. We aren't going to have any more mismanagement around here, are we? No, not at, not at all. He kind of looks and is... What, what, are you, what is the null in the... The Kuatoa doing when when John's doing this speech. Lee is just kind of watching it happen. He's probably seen this happen hundreds of times before. I'm staring at Samblarum blowing bubbles. <laughs> His eyes kind of say, "Help me!" as he's looking at you, Merp. <laughs> <laughs> no expression change at all. My eyes are just a blank stare straight ahead. Samblar, we're friends, remember? Yes, yeah, we're, we're all friends and family here. We're, we're all brave. We're not weak uh, at all. You're, you're absolutely right. He's very clammy. Samblar, I understand times are hard here. 
Next month, why don't you give the people a little bit of a break and collect only, let's say, 100 gold pieces? Is that fair? Yes, yes, we can do that. That, that. that won't be a problem. Good. The town prospers under good leadership, Samblar, and you are a good leader. You're a smart man, Samblar. We've always been such close friends. Yes. We're going to take our leave now, Samblar. I can see Thank us... You. Yes, yes. ...forging a new path together into a deeper relationship. Family. Samblar, I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> Yes, my, my, my jib is good. But family is reserved for those who pay me on time. I'm not going around visiting my mother every month to collect money, now am I? I walk over to the painting that I've been staring at and take it off the wall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's... that's fine. Blar, you know I really don't like coming here. Do not make me come back next month. Of course, I, I won't, Master Fleece. Yes. Absolutely not. And Flea... I guess Flea just follows Jean out the door. As Jean gets up to leave, he turns to Sam Blar and says, We've left a gift of rum for you on the docks. Why don't you throw a party for you and your family tonight? Let loose. Enjoy the fine summer air. Yes, yes, we absolutely will. We, 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 will, we will appreciate it. My wife, my wife will, will absolutely love it, yes. Good. You deserve this, Sam Blar. And uh, John turns to leave the room and goes down the hall, and once they're out of earshot, uh, he turns to Merp and quietly asks, You did poison the rum, like I asked? Merp did. Good. Good. And as you finish with good, good, we fade back into the view of now, a little more aged John, who is re-seeing this image on this tree wall. So what do you make of it, John? What do you think this is? Well, it's a motif of the great titans of old, but I believe now it's nothing more than a harbinger of a much different time. An eviler time. Ah. Evil, you say? In its own way. Good evil or bad? A twisted sort of evil that finds its own way in the end. I see. Well, it's faded, so perhaps no longer needed. Perhaps not. Oh, well, should we continue forward? Or did you want to gawk at this picture some more? No, let us continue forward and see if we can't find a dragon to conquer. Aye, hopefully a dragon indeed. It could be an exhilarating fight. Agreed, Captain. You guys venture forward into the end of the hallway you find yourselves in a large circular room and in the center of the room there's a chest um, on the far side of the room there is some stairs that seem to be going up but that's it as you look up there is kind of a false ceiling and then it goes up higher kind of arcs towards the top gets a little bit taller once you get in the uh, middle of the room if you venture into the middle of the room what do you guys do do one of y'all want to check that chest? Mm, nose goes. And John puts his finger on his nose. Captain puts his <laughs> finger on his nose. Bull tries to hit his nose and pokes himself in the eye. <laughs> that leave Lucas? I will go up to the very, like, I guess the 
entrance to this room uh, is it it's just a you said a circular room yeah it's a large circular room when you first enter there's a false roof and then it goes up and it'll be a bit higher than that like how wide is the room the room's about 30 feet wide oh okay i will look around the floor and see if there's any kind of snares or holes on the ground or anything like that roll a perception check for me roll a three roll a three yeah that's your it's some nice wood that you're walking on very very nice wood panels you walk over to the chest and you reach down to open it and you get hit by possibly get hit by three crossbow bolts does a 10 hit yeah 15 okay um the second one does hit yeah and so does the third one after that everybody roll for initiative mm-hmm.